0: I've enjoyed the music and the singing today. It's been great. I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn back to the book of Job, please. And if you'll give me just about five minutes or so, I want to just review, uh, just for the sake of those who uh, were not in the service this morning. And so the book of Job tonight, Job chapter 1, Job chapter 1, and when you find your place, if you'll stand tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word, if you're able to stand, that is, Job chapter 1, and... uh, Let me get over there as well. Job chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse number 6. Job chapter 1 in verse number 6. The Bible says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and ischeweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, All that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself. Put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven, and hath burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. But I'm interested in the next three verses. The Bible tells us, Then Job Arose, Which by the way Would have been pretty hard to do Usually when that kind of thing happens You want to get down You don't want to get up But the Bible says Then Job arose And rent his mantle And shaved his head Which was a sign of humility And fell down upon the ground And worshipped And said naked came out of my mother's womb And naked shall I return thither The Lord gave And the Lord hath taken away Oh, I love this Blessed be the name of the Lord In all this Job sinned not Nor charged God foolishly You may be seated tonight And I'll tell you what do I'm going to mark the clock here You give me about, uh, give me about 25 minutes here And, uh, and we'll, we'll probably have this thing done But this message And I just got through the first point this morning Is as far as I got But what I've got to give you tonight Is way too important not to give it to you tonight and uh, I'm, I think, honestly, I think I'm going to give you some things tonight that could really transform your life. Uh, I'm going to give you something that's really had a, 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 a great bearing on my life in just the last little bit. And so, if you'll just give me a little bit of grace, I'll review just for just, for just a few minutes, just, uh, just for the sake of those who weren't in here, and then we'll get into some brand new material tonight. All right? Let's bow for prayer, and we'll preach just for a little bit tonight. Father, thank you for... Your goodness, and it's been a wonderful day at Calvary. Lord, it's so good to see the prayer room just packed out tonight. And uh, Lord, it's such an encouragement, and I just appreciate all those who came for prayer and uh, choir practice and folks here practicing and praying and preparing and, pra- and getting ready for specials and, and all these kind of things. And then, Lord, all the work that's been put in this week and this weekend, we thank you for blessing in the funeral yesterday. Uh, Lord, wonderful spirit, if such a thing could be true, and it is. And there was a great spirit in the funeral yesterday. And then, Lord, we thank you for the beautiful ceremony last night for Stacy and Krista. And, Lord, I, I don't know how anything really could have went any better. It was just spot on, and you blessed and, and held the rain off until after everything was pretty much done. And, and, God, we just thank you for giving us a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And now, Lord, I pray once again, as you've done many times through the years, that you would knit our hearts together, and I pray that we would learn something that would be, uh, Lord, beneficial, number one, to bring in glory to you, but also beneficial in our Christian lives. So help us please, Father, we love you, and ask you for your blessing, your power, in Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. I started out this morning by saying it's believed that Job, the book of Job, is probably one of the the oldest books of the Bible, and i am not near go into what I went into this morning, but, uh, but we said that the book of Job is a record of one man's incredible hardship. It's a book where we see grieving. It's a book where we read of death. It's a book uh, that, that, that pretty much records the deep sorrow of a man and his wife as they grieve over ten deceased children. We see a man who struggles for encouragement, and he does not get that encouragement from his friends. In fact, he called them miserable comforters. They came in supposedly to be his friends, and yet they accused him and falsely judged him and tore him apart. But that's not the part that I'm interested in. Uh, The thing that I'm interested in is this. It looks like at least that Job had made some definite decisions before the difficulties ever arrived you'll notice that when Job's life literally in one day began to unravel right before his eyes, we notice here that evidently Job decided how he was going to react before the hardship ever came. You notice the verses in verse number 20, Job chapter 1, verse number 20. The Bible says, Then Job arose and and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, Naked came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And my point tonight is this, that Job said, You know what? I'm not going to wait till the difficulties come. I'm not going to wait till the trial comes to see how I react. Job said, I'm going to go ahead and decide now before the children are dead. I'm going to go ahead and decide now what I've got riches and health and prosperity and success. I'm going to go ahead and decide now how I'm going to react when the hard times come. We said this morning the Apostle Paul was the same. The Apostle Paul made some definite decisions before the hardships ever came. We found that in Acts chapter 21, verses 10 through 14. We also went to Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. We found that that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had already decided prior to the hardships exactly how they intended to react. But let me give you one tonight that I did not give you this morning. I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 22. And I want to show you... Uh, about a man by the name of Abraham, and I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt. I was going home today, just meditating on the message and thinking about the service, and and thinking about this subject of of deciding before the difficulties came. And I began to think about Abraham. God began to lay Abraham on my hand, my my heart, at, and and I believe that Abraham made some definite decisions before his difficulties ever came. Look with me, if you will, please, at Genesis 22 and verse number one. And I'm about to show you some amazing scripture. The Bible says in verse 1, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Oh, my. You say, Preacher, is that what it sounds like? It's exactly what it sounds like. God has come to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to take your only son, Isaac, and I want you to offer him up, just like you'd offer up that lamb. But would you notice verse number three? And the Bible says, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Did you notice there we see no discussion? Did you notice there we hear no argument? Did you notice there that we detect not even any indifference at all? It wasn't like Abraham argued with God. And said, God, I'm not going to do that. I know it was hard for Abraham to do what Abraham was about to do. But I honestly believe this. I believe that Abraham had made some decisions early in his life. And he decided, you know what? When the hardships come, I'm going to react a certain way. We said this morning, the question is not, are problems going to come? The correct question is, when are they going to come? And so it's important that we don't wait until the difficulties come. To decide how we're going to react, it's important that we go ahead and make decisions right now. You know what? When the hard times come, when the storm comes, when the cloudy times come, you know what? I'm going to. Re- I know what I'm going to do. Now we said this morning. We just got through one point, but but uh, we said this morning there are some decisions that we ought to make before the difficulties arrive. Number one, we said that we ought to determine to praise the lord and i enjoyed that point this morning we had a great time and we thank the lord for that now why is that why should we why should we praise the lord when things are falling apart why should we praise the lord when the roof is leaking why should we praise the lord when the car motor uh, blows up and we said number 1 because god is always worthy of praise god's always worthy of praise but number 2 we said because praise changes Our focus, And I couldn't help but think about that song today. It's amazing what praising can do. And you know what? When everything's falling apart, man, just decide that you're going to praise God. I'm just going to praise the Lord. I don't understand what he's doing. I don't understand why. But God, you're good. And this circumstance hasn't changed that at all. And just determine in your heart, you know, right now, before the valley comes, that you're going to praise our wonderful God. But I want, to give you, I want to give you another thought tonight, if I could very quickly, and that's this. Number two, you know what? When the hard times come, you need to go ahead and make a decision now that you're going to dedicate yourself to the Word of God. Amen. Go ahead and decide right now that you're going to dedicate yourself to the Word of God. Somebody said when a time of testing comes, it's very important that you study a book to get ready for the test and that's so true Did you know usually people who Fail to study plan To fail Amen. Now Calvary that's all I'm saying tonight Did you know that God has given us a book Tonight that'll help us through the hardships It'll help us through the valley. He'll help us through the hard times. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 15, the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the psalmist reminded us in Psalm 119 and verse number 105, thy word is a lamp, Unto my feet and a light Unto my path and so this is all I'm Saying right now you say preacher Everything's going great the bills Are paid Uh, the babies are healthy Uh, Everything's going great We just paid off a bill or a payment And everything's going great that's Wonderful and by the way we praise God with you about that that's great That's great but this is all I'm saying Right now before the hardships Come before the difficult times come Just go ahead and decide right now that when the Valley does come you're going to dedicate your to the Word of God. Man, just stay in the book. Would you take your Bibles tonight, please, and turn to the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4 in your Bibles, and, and uh, when thinking about this subject, I thought, again, of the Apostle Paul, and, and in 2 Timothy chapter 4, we read of Paul's, pretty much Paul's last chapter, and, and Paul's getting ready to, really, he's getting ready to go to heaven, And Paul's been through many difficult times and been through many valleys and hardships and storms, but but this is the storm of all storm, and Paul is getting ready to lose his life. And we notice here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, we notice that Paul, in a time of suffering, requested above all else the word of God. Look, if you will, at verse number 11. Paul says to, to Timothy, only Luke is with me. He said, take Mark and bring him with thee for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. And look what he says. He says to Timothy, Timothy, the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books. But he said, but especially the parchments, especially the parchments. You know what Paul was saying? Paul was saying, Timothy, I'm going through one of the darkest times of my life. And he said, Timothy, when you come, he said, there's a list of things I want you to bring. But he said, above all else, he said, when you come, if you don't bring anything else, he said, especially, I want you to bring the word of God. He said, Timothy, I need the word of God. And my dear church member tonight, when you're going through the hard times, dedicate yourself to this roadmap. Dedicate yourself to this GPS system right here. And don't get away from your Bible. Stay in the word of God, and it will keep you close to the Lord. I want you to turn back, if you will, to the book of Job. Job chapter 23. Job chapter 23. Again, we're saying this, that when the hard times come, that you ought to dedicate yourself to the word. And we've been talking about Job a little bit. And so look at Job chapter 23. And, and again, we read of his, of his struggles and his storm. And Job's lost his servants. Job's lost his house. Job's lost his health. Job's lost his, his children. And, but one of the things we notice that Job, in a time of suffering, placed a high priority on the words of God. Look, if you will, at Job chapter 23 and verse number 10. And Job said in verse number 10, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He said, My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. That's what I'm talking about right there, church. But look what he says in verse number 12. He said, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. In other words, Job's going through the storm of his life. And yet Job said, the thing that means more to me right now, even than food itself, is the precious words of God. And so when you're, going through the, when you're going through the storm, make sure that you dedicate yourself to God's word. Psalm 119, verse 165. The psalmist said, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I believe it was Alicia Mortensen who said this, If I should live a thousand years and search it every day, the precious word of God would still shed light upon my way. Should every other earthly thing be severed from my grasp, I pray that I may ever hold my Bible till the last. And someday when he calls me home and I at last can look upon his face, I want to kneel and thank him for his book. Oh, listen, listen, Calvary, this is all I'm saying. And I'm not saying it very well probably, but this is all I'm saying. You know what? When everything seems to be falling apart, make sure you stay in the word of God. And you say, preacher, but I got up and I didn't feel like reading it. Read it anyway. And you say, well, pastor, I read it, but it didn't do anything for me. It did more for you than you know it did. And every single day, man, get into this book and, and read this book. And I promise you this, the more you read it, the more you'll understand it. And ask the Holy Spirit to teach it to you. And I promise you, he will. If you really want to learn, the Holy Spirit will teach it to you. And so, uh, listen, well, there's some things we need to decide before the hard times come. Number. One, determine to praise the Lord. Number two, dedicate yourself to the word of God. But let me give you this last thought this morning, and it's this, and I love this. And this is something that I've implemented in my own life in the last probably 10 or 12 months. And I wanted to share it with the church tonight. Number next is this, delete every negative and unhelpful Delete every negative and unhelpful thought. Listen, there's something we need to understand tonight. And that's this. That the human mind has amazing power. Amazing power. Let me read some verses for you. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the implication is, there, is this, that you can be transformed by renewing your mind. Yes. Proverbs 23, verse number 7. The Bible says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Did you know your thought life can make you or break you? Hey, young man, guard your thoughts. Young men, guard your thoughts. Teenage, we well, preacher, I'm just a teenage boy. Guard your thoughts, teenage right. boy, because your thoughts can determine your life. The human mind has amazing, amazing power. Listen to this verse. Proverbs 17, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. That word spirit in the Hebrew is the word ruah, and it means wind or spirit or mind. In other words, your mind can even determine your health. Well, you, you, you've met people who, you know what, they got down in their mind. They lost their will. And when they lost their will to live and they they, they just got in their mind that I'm never going to get better, I'm never going to get better. And man, you know what happened? They didn't get better. Why? Because a broken spirit dryeth the bones But a merry heart doeth good like a medicine So, so the, 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 the human mind has amazing, amazing power Now, with that said, let me show you a verse Take your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians tonight 2 Corinthians chapter 10 And look with me, if you will, please, to verse number 3 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 3 Oh my word, so important, so important tonight 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 3. And notice what the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, notice what he says to the church of Corinth here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 3. He said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now look at verse 5, Calvary. He said, casting down what? Imaginations. Imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Now, look at the next line. And bringing into captivity every what? Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Casting down imaginations. That word casting down, it means demolish. The word "imaginations" mean, comp, means computations or reasoning, and so Paul says, "casting down, demolishing those computations, those those reasonings." What are you saying, preacher? Think about it like this: If you have something on your computer that you don't want on there, you know what you do? You delete it. Yes, sir. Right. And so again, I'm just thinking about the message today, and I'm, I'm on my way home from the bus route, and I'm just meditating about the message, and I'm I'm thinking about. And I'm on a keyboard almost every day of my life. But you know, one of the, one of the buttons that I probably hit more than any other button is the delete button. Yes, because I'll type a word in, I'll think, nah, that don't fit there. But you know what, just delete it. Or I'll type a word and it's not spelled right and I delete it. And so when there's something on your computer that you don't want there, you simply hit the delete button. And the truth is, you know what, many times there are thoughts that come across our mind that have no business being there. Those thoughts aren't beneficial. Those thoughts are going to bring you down. Those thoughts aren't healthy. Those thoughts aren't spiritual. And therefore, as a spirit-filled child of God, you know what you ought to do? You simply hit the delete button. Just delete it. Just delete it. Just leave, you know, and, and honor. I mean, listen, I hope you'll take this to heart. And uh, I've, started, I've started trying to do this. And so even today, even today, I'm getting ready for church tonight. And I, I mean, I'm just, I'm all by myself in the bathroom getting ready for church. And this thought, not a, not a dirty thought, but, but this thought came across my mind, a negative thought, negative. And I thought, wait a minute, that thought shouldn't be there. You know what I did? I hit the delete delete button. I just deleted it. I'm not, listen, I'm not going to toss it around. I'm not going to entertain it. I'm not going to think about it. You know what? If it shouldn't be there, I'm just delete, 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 delete. And there's some of you here tonight, you know what? And the devil comes, and, and by the way, for the child of God, the battle is the mind, for the mind. And as, as, as Satan comes and puts those thoughts in your in your mind, you know what you all to do? If that thought shouldn't be there, then just hit the delete button and just delete it out. Listen, if we don't control our thoughts, it's going to have a terrible effect on our mind. Think about it like this. Have you ever got a virus on your computer? Boy, I have. And it is so aggravating. Because after you get that virus on your computer, it's sluggish. Man, that that little wheel, that little spinning wheel, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's like hypnotizes you because it just keeps going and going and going. And your machine gets slow and it won't do what you need it to do. And and why? Because that virus is on your computer. Now, what, what are you saying? I'm saying, listen, when Satan comes your way and tries to put thoughts in your mind that should not be there, don't even think about it. Don't entertain it. Just hit the delete button. Just delete them. Just delete them right out. Now, think about this story tonight. I love it. I was reading some on the plane coming home from California, and I came across, came across this story, and I thought you might enjoy it. And I think it goes right along with the subject we're talking about tonight. They said Dale, Dale Brown, the legendary coach of the LSU basketball team, was speaking to a group of soldiers at a military base in California. When he finished, a young man came up to him who, nearly, uh, who stood nearly seven feet tall And weighed 250 pounds Coach Brown the young man said I want to try out for our basketball team But I can't dunk the basketball I can barely jump When I run up and down the court My legs tire out so quickly That I can only play a few minutes How long have you been in the military son? Coach Brown asked him Gazing up at him then down at his size 17 shoes He said I'm not in the military coach My father is. I'm only 13 years old. (laughs) Coach Brown immediately decided to take this young man under his wing. He said to the young man, When I get back to Louisiana, I'm going to send you my training program. It'll help strengthen your legs and increase your endurance. Three months later, he got a letter from the young man saying, Coach Brown, I've done everything you've asked me to do. I've spent hours in the gym and in the weight room working out. He said... But my basketball coach just cut me from the team. He told me that I'm too big, I'm too slow, and I'm too clumsy. And that I'll never be able to play basketball. But wait a minute. Nothing but negative labels were stuck to him. Coach Brown wrote him back and said, In effect, son, if you'll just keep working out, keep being your best every day, and keep asking God to help you, He'll get you where you're supposed to be. That young man had to make a decision. And Am am I going to wear these negative labels throughout my life? Too big, too slow, too clumsy. Or am I going to follow the dream that God has placed in my heart? He said, am I going to believe I'm a a giant killer and I can do all things through Christ? And he decided to hit the delete button and delete those negative thoughts. That young man, Shaquille O'Neal, ended up going to LSU and playing college basketball for Coach Brown, where he broke all the records and became one of the greatest basketball players who ever played the game. Today there is a bronze statue of Shaquille O'Neal, the clumsy kid who could barely jump, dunking the basketball in front of the LSU Tigers basketball practice facility. I wonder where he would be now if he had believed the negative labels, if he had thought, my coach is right, I guess I am too big, I am too slow, I am too clumsy, we, would, we wouldn't be talking about this 19-year NBA career today. Now, again, what's your point? I, I don't know. Listen, I don't know anything about Shaquille O'Neal. I don't know, but I do, I do know this. Here's a young man who was 13 years old, And everybody told him, you'll never make it, you'll never make it, you'll never make it. And you know what he done? He said, delete, 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 delete. I'm not thinking that way. I'm not going that direction. I'm not believing that. I'm going to hit the delete button. I'm going to hit the delete button. I'm going to hit the delete button. Now somebody says, preacher, is this scriptural? I believe it is. I believe it is. Would you listen to what one of the greatest preachers in history said in Philippians chapter 3? And verse number 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, delete, 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 and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, verse 15, let us therefore... As many as be perfect, be thus minded. Amen. What's your point, preacher? My point is this: the mind has amazing power. And from time to time, and you don't have to be a bad person, but from time to time, you just get a stupid thought. Now here's the problem: a lot of times when people get those crazy thoughts, or a dirty thought, or a or a or a uh, a grudging thought you know you start thinking bad of a brother and sister in Christ or something like that here 's what y'all to do don't worry don't don 't entertain that don't think about it for several days you know what it's not going to do you any good and it's not going to do them any good Amen. and it 's definitely not going to do your church any good you know what y'all to do hit the leak button You know what, devil? I'm not thinking about that. That doesn't need need to be on my my machine. Doesn't need to be on my screen. Delete, delete, delete. Now, what's your point? My point is this. Decide now how you're going to react before the hardships ever come. So when they do come, you know what? You'll act, and not react. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, thank you so much for this truth that you've given us today. Father, help us to understand that 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 the mind is so powerful. And God, if we don't, if we don't control it, Lord, that the, the devil can play tricks on our mind. He he likes to blind the minds, the Bible says. And, and God, He loves to put faults in our minds. God, tonight I pray that you'd help us to be so careful that when thoughts come in our mind that should not be there, Father, that we will determine to praise the Lord. Father, that we will dedicate ourselves to the Word of God, but also, Lord, that we will delete those hurtful, negative, unhelpful thoughts. God, may we not allow them to stay in our heart and our mind. Lord, I pray that you'll bless this invitation. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd help us to go out of here and and God help us to have a new mindset, help us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God, have your way now, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let me just ask a question and we're going to go tonight. And uh, the first question is this. I wonder how many here tonight you'd say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I know for sure. That I would go to heaven. I've been born again. I know that I'm saved. And if you can honestly say that without anybody looking around. Would you just slip your hand up tonight. You'd say preacher I know that I've been born again. That's wonderful. Praise the Lord. Let me ask this then. I wonder if there may be one here tonight. Anywhere. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to try to come back. And and to bring you down the aisle. I just want to pray for you tonight. I'll not pray for you by name. But the Lord I know who you are. And you'd say pastor. Pastor if I died tonight. I'm not. 100% 100% sure that I would Go to heaven I want you to pray for me Is there one like that anywhere tonight You'd let me pray for you anybody here Tonight like that pastor pray for me I'm not sure I'm saved all right Let's all stand if you would our heads are bowed Our eyes are closed father have your way In this invitation speak to hearts I pray And we thank you in Jesus name Amen heads are bowed the pianist will play If you need to come the altar's open Tonight you come while we wait we'll pause Just for a moment and if You're you're uh, you need prayer need help tonight, listen, we're here. You come tonight, that